0: Learn how s and Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com.
1: Member FDIC. ST and Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by J.D. Power. For J.D. Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.
2: When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates
1: and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network,
3: Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media,
2: The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show, or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Realmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, and the stations or employees. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to The Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at TV.com on all social media networks, exxon Radio TV, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Dr. C.K. Quarterman and he attended Bible college but pursued a career in business. He also studied such varied subjects as electronics, medicine, law. While being a business and franchise owner, he's the author of the following books, The American Dream, A Systematic Guide to Starting Your Own Business, and Fallen Angels, Giants, UFOs, and the New World Order, a nonfiction about fallen angels and their antics with humanity. Genesis Secrets Revealed offers a verse-by-verse commentary of the first 11 chapters of Genesis and the book Demons and Deliverance, dealing with the onslaught of evil at this present time, making the work of Demons and Deliverance of paramount importance. Joining me now is Dr. C.K. Korterman. And uh, Dr. Corterman, welcome to the Exxon, sir.
0: Thank you, Rob. Glad to be here. Um,
1: tell me about your your interest in, in fallen angels?
0: Well, my interest became particularly peaked uh, when I was uh, a couple of years ago after I retired, I moved up into the mountains of mm-hmm. North Carolina. And like the the bio said, I went to Bible college way back when, but didn't pursue the particular calling like most people would. mm mm-hmm. But I've always studied, and uh, got my doctorate here recently, but I've always studied the Bible and history. And I had a huge amount of notes and uh, had looked in this alien abduction phenomena for a couple of years. And I was staying up uh, on a chalet about 3 o'clock one morning, and I went to let the dog out. And when I did, um, I saw this creature uh you might call it a uh, bigfoot or something of that sort but it looked like a human being except it had the face of a uh, wolf or a dog and i immediately thought that i knew what it was but uh you know the the brevity of the moment required that i exit the scene and ran back inside sure but <laughs> it um spurred me on to go ahead and take the notes that I had been taking and the studies I had put together on my computer and look for a publisher. Uh, And that's what I did, and it uh, happened that I ran across one uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. And that's how I came about the first book, is that my thought was if I could run into what I call a hybrid, half-human, half-fallen angel, in the woods of North Carolina, then this kind of thing had to be much more happening than I was aware of or had been awakened to uh, by that time. So it sort of spurred on the whole ministry, which I call end times ministry, which I talk about times being as the days of Noah. And that's sort of a catchphrase that comes out of Matthew, the 24th chapter, When the disciples asked Christ, they said, well, what's it going to be like when you return? And everybody knows what comes after that, the marrying and giving in marriage. But for some reason, we never really ask ourselves what was unusual about the days of Noah.
1: Well, let's talk about that when we come back from this commercial break, sir, in two minutes. ExoNation, my very special guest this hour is Dr. C.K. Quarterman. He's the book of Fallen Angels, Giants, UFO. Uh, UFO Encounters, and The New World Order. He also has a DVD entitled Fallen Angels, Giants, UFOs, and Prophecies. www.ckquarterman.com is the website, and uh, the good doctor and I return on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go away. I'm sure he'd tell her in a lifetime looking for you single bars and good time lovers were never true playing a fool's game hoping to win and telling those sweet lies and losing again for love, yeah. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Dr. C.K. Quarterman is my special guest this hour. Yeah, Dr. Quarterman is the author of Fallen Angels, Giants, UFO Encounters, and The New World Order. He also has a DVD out entitled Fallen Angels, Giants, UFOs, and Prophecies. And his website is www.ckquarterman.com. Dr. Quarterman, before we went to the commercial break, you were just starting to tell us about the Times of Noah, and uh, what don't we know yes. about the Times of Noah?
0: Well, there's a lot that we don't, um, and I was actually somewhat surprised myself, because normal, typical churches and seminaries mm-hmm. do not properly um, teach what is actually, or what was actually going on. Um, when the disciples heard Christ say, when I, before, my paraphrase, before I return, look for things to be like the days of Noah. They immediately understood what he was talking about. But for us to understand it, we need to go back to Genesis, the sixth chapter, which is the chapter that talks about the flood. Now one of the Problems is when we read something like that, we tend to read and pull out just what we've already heard. We don't really read it for what's there. But the disciples also had in their knowledge another book that is called the Book of Enoch, Mm -hmm. which is a historical book, in my opinion, not scripture, but a very good historical book that adds a little bit of detail to the chapter. And what was going on is that fallen angels are called the sons of God in the King James Version, or in the Hebrew, the Ha Elohim. They came down and mated with humanity, and even later with animals. All right? That's a shock. Most seminaries teach this Genesis 6 chapter as the sons of God being the godly line of Seth, and intermarries with the ungodly line of Cain. But you have to ask yourself, how does that produce what happens in the fourth verse? Because in the fourth verse it says, when the sons of God came in and the daughters of men, that they produced giants. And that's the way the King James says it, which comes from the Latin Septuagint, which is John Titus. The Hebrew word is Nephilim. Right. And it means a hybrid creature, something that's half human and half fallen angel. Well, immediately, that shocks most church people. Most people in the world, it shocks. Um, But it explains exactly why God flooded the world. Can you imagine a world full of hybrids running around? Half human. Half angelic, and then you mix that with animals. Now, let me ask you this: Are you familiar with the Sphinx in Egypt?
1: Yes, sir, I it's am. Got the
0: head of a human, the body of a lion. Yes. All of the Egyptian hieroglyphs—a great percentage of them—are half human, half animal types of hieroglyphs. And even the uh, the Bible in Second Samuel and in Judges. Talks about lion headed men. Talks about men with six fingers, six toes. Talks about Goliath. We read about Goliath in Sunday school. Yes. But nobody ever, in fact, Goliath was not a giant. That's a misnomer. It says he was a son of a giant. So he was even smaller than his daddy. But it all gets. Regulated to the realm of science fiction or storytelling, you know. Mm-hmm. But in truth, these creatures actually existed. That's how the pyramids were built. That's how these megalithic structures that we find around the world that have, uh, that have been cut to such precision we cannot duplicate it today. These were the kind of creatures that did that.
1: All right, so and, so hold on here, sir, mm-hmm. for a moment. What is the connection between the these hybrid creatures and the building of the pyramids?
0: Well, the building of the pyramids, I believe, were done by these hybrid creatures. Half human, half fallen angels.
1: And, and, and your research is based on what, sir?
0: Well, it's very simple. If you look at even the three normal pyramids that people Mm -hmm. are most familiar with, look at the size of the entranceways, the hallways that run through them. They're built for people larger than a human person. And it's quite obvious that the pyramids were reused by the Egyptians, but probably were not actually built by them. And then you have these megalithic structures all over the world that, the technology behind them seemed to be similar, but yet can't be duplicated today. You find the same thing in South America. You go in un- underneath these pyramids in South America, and they'll be 13, 14 feet high mm-hmm. walkways inside of them.
1: Now, when you, you know, say, you when you, when you say mm-hmm. the technology, what, what technology are you talking about, sir?
0: Well, technology probably that's beyond what we have today. See, people tend to think that before the flood of Noah that mankind was running around in caves. Mm -hmm. But statisticians that I have read uh, are indicating that in their belief, there were almost or more people on the earth at the time of the flood than there are in the earth today. Now, if that's true, you could not sustain a 7 billion population without refrigeration, communications, railways, electronics. So the pre-flood people were probably had quite a bit of technology that we don't know about.
1: So where did these, where did these people come from, and where have they gone?
0: Well, the flood wiped them out but the giants all popped up again just before Israel went into Canaan land. Uh, They were seen again. In fact, there were tribes of them, Uh, several of them, the Zimzumerans, the uh, Hizthites, and so forth, were all giants. And that brings sort of to the question about how does that tie in to today? Well, if these fallen angels... Mated with humans in Genesis, the sixth chapter. They were wiped out. They mated with humans again just before Israel went into Canaan land. And Israel, by the way, the Israelis, the Hebrews, were told to kill every man, woman, and child. And that's the reason, because there were hybrids. Then, if that happened, then it is possible, and I say that we are now in this time that this is beginning to happen again. Now you say, what would be the signs and what would this look like? I think this is what's happening in the UFO abduction phenomenon. You have women who are being taken at night, abducted. Their reproductive organs are manipulated or messed with. They're put back. And the statistics say that they're abducted again a second time and something is taken from them. Now, that sounds a lot to me like, quote, the star gods, as they call themselves to the Mesoamericans, have returned. And since 1948, the UFO phenomena has increased uh, proportionally. And I think that's what we're seeing is we're seeing a return of the days of Noah. And we will see a time that there will be, quote, an alien disclosure. And we will see these, quote, aliens in the open. But what they will be will be demonic entities, fallen angels, and hybrids. Let me ask you this. This will be the days of Noah.
1: Let, let me ask you this then, sir. Mm-hmm. If there is a God in heaven... And if we are created in his image and his likeness, why then would he allow this to happen if he's our father? Because I'm a father, and I wouldn't let this happen to my children.
0: Well, I could ask the same rhetorical question about why does God allow sin? Why does he allow pain or hurt?
1: Oh, there's good questions, because I can't understand it. I think that, you know, when you talk about theology, that theology is— is, is lopsided in many ways, and I've often asked if humanity has outgrown theology.
0: I think a thousand years ago, the uh, Latins coined a phrase, and the phrase was deus absconitus, and I don't think today it's been outdone, and it literally translates to mean a hidden God. We know of God from what God reveals of himself, and it's just quite obvious he does not reveal everything. Uh, we have 2,000 years ago God coming to earth, the creator becoming the creature in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And we have some understanding of God from Jesus because he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But it still leaves a lot of questions unanswered. He never answered why uh, evil existed you know that certain questions like that he never never asked never never answered
1: why wouldn't he so, answer them w-
0: hmm? why wouldn't he answer i have no idea
1: maybe he didn't know the answer
0: no i think he knew the answer i think that um there are some things it's like uh in theology, we have a term we call predestination mm-hmm. and free will. And you literally can take one side or the other, and you can argue it all day long. Yeah. And each side be absolutely correct.
1: You see, uh, we've got to take but, our we've got to take our news break, uh, sir. But I'd mm-hmm. just like to go give ahead. you my interpretation of free will. It's the great escape clause. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Playing a fool's game, hoping to win And telling those
3: sweet lies And losing again
1: My name is Rob McConnell and I would like to tell you about a very special lady that I have the pleasure of knowing and that's Miss Sylvia Anthony. Sylvia Anthony believes the golden years are a time to gear up and get busy, not relax and take it easy. She has faced many hardships in her 84 years, but they have made her stronger and more determined. As founder and president of Sylvia's Haven, a shelter for women and their children near Boston, Sylvia has helped transform over 1,086 lives in the past 27 years, not only with housing, but also providing direction as to where they can go to develop the earning skills they want and need to live free from difficult domestic situations. Sylvia's Haven is everything to Sylvia Anthony, even calling it her magnificent obsession. Women who qualify for the program at Sylvia's Haven receive assistance via guidance counselors to find the appropriate job opportunity. Women and their children may remain at the housing for up to two years. At the end of this time or sooner, a woman who is successfully employed and has an apartment or home may leave Sylvia's Haven to begin a new and independent life. Now this is where you come in to help make Sylvia's dream into a reality. Sylvia's Dream is to have a Sylvia's Haven in every state to help as many women and their children as she can. And to help this dream come true, a crowdfunding site has been established which can be accessed at www.sylviasdream.org. Now that's www.sylviasdream.org. With your financial help and support, Sylvia Anthony will continue to help those in their time of need, not only in the Boston area, but with her dream of having a Sylvia's Haven in every state of the United States. Your help is needed to make Sylvia's Dream come true. Please visit and give at www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. And remember, the only difference between a dream and reality is just doing it. We need your help to make Sylvia's dream come true. Visit www.sylviasdream.org. Once again, www.sylviasdream.org. For the Exxon Radio TV show and the X Chronicles newspaper, I am Rob McConnell.
2: This is the X-Zone Radio and TV Show on the X-Zone Broadcast Network and our worldwide broadcast affiliates. If you have a question for Rob McConnell or his guest, or if you have had a paranormal experience, call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 0, or email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. And on our major social media sites, our address is xzoneradiotv.
3: Well I just got back from Roswell, where the aliens have been And if you ask the feds, the cause, well, they'll only lie again Now I'm hunted by the gumshoes, and I'm wanted by the cops Cause they think that I might be the guy making circles in the crops And I know that there's a conspiracy from the voices in my head Elvis lives, that's clear to me It's McCartney who is dead And if the Mars men should come again And take me, I will go I will take a trip on their rocket ship God bless the UFO Give JFK this message It's the Cuban army's fault And I know that Dave Koresh is alive inside a vault. We've seen reports in papers of a guy who knows about a car that runs on chewing gum, but the Arabs rubbed him out. And we loudly warn that America is badly unprepared. The Cold War through, we need something new that can get you good and scare You wonder just who is warning you of conspiracies today. We're the ones who fill the rumor mill. We are the CIA.
1: Exo nation uh, Dr. C.K. Quarterman is our special guest this hour. He's the author of Fallen Angels, Giants, UFO Encounters, and The New World Order. And he also has the DVD entitled Fallen Angel, Giants, UFOs, and Prophecy. His website is www.ckquarterman.com. So, based on what we were talking about in the first half of the interview, Doctor, it seems that we the people really don't have the full story on what is really in the Bible or its true translation.
0: Well, I was thinking about this during the break because um, the advertisement was talking about vampires. Mm -hmm. And while I ate dinner tonight, I was watching a little boy on the table up ahead of me who was drawing a picture of a vampire. I want to read this to you. Out of Genesis, the sixth chapter, just the fourth verse, Mm -hmm. it says there were giants. Remember, I gave you a Hebrew word for that. In the earth in those days, and also after that, okay, i.e., that means it happened again. Right. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became the mighty men which were of old. Then it gives you a hint to who these were, the men of renown think in terms of the Greek mythologies, Mm -hmm. and realize that they were not entirely myth. Where did vampires actually come from? Where did that legend originate? It didn't originate in the 1800s with a Bram Stoker. It originated when there were half-breeds, half-fallen angels and half-animals around that walked the earth. These things actually happened, and half angel, half humans walking the earth. Um, and these things are coming on the earth again. They won't be called that. You know, you won't look at them and say these are nephilim or nephilim or hybrids. Mm-hmm. They'll go by the name of aliens, because that's what everything is working up to. I think is a full disclosure. What the Bible would call hybrids or nephilim the world will call aliens.
1: Now, you said the sons of God? Mm Mm-hmm. I thought there was only one. The angels. Well, why are they called the sons of God, if they're angels?
0: Because the term there in the Hebrew is Ha Elohim. Uh Uh-huh. It's used six times in the book of Job, and it's translated as angels the term is also translated as angels in the Alexandrian Septuagint. The King James just translates it as sons of God. But like I said, the Hebrew is bene ha Elohim. so a proper exegesis of it is to use the same term throughout wherever it's used and the term would be angels. Now some people say Angels can't take on human form, but yes, they can. And Jude says, and Peter says, that they took on human form before the flood, and they left their first domain. And this is something that's forbidden, but something they are capable of doing. And I mentioned earlier the book of Enoch. Yes. Uh, It's a historical book that was found in the where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, the Comrade Caves. And it mentions that there were 200 angels, so it was a very small number of them, that actually took on human physical form and mated with women. But it so affected the world that uh, with sin and unrighteousness that God ends up putting Noah in the ark, And if you read that, you'll find it says, Noah was perfect in his generations and a righteous man. Now, why would it have anything to do with his generations? Well, it's because so much of the world had become corrupted with interbreeding that it made the statement that Noah was perfect in his generations. So the Ark, if lack of a better way of putting it, was a perfect genetic model. So God destroys the world because of all these hybrids and unrighteousness that's come into the world, including, it says, every creature had corrupted its way. These fallen angels are nasty.
1: So, so in other words, God didn't create a perfect world.
0: And that would be a very good trap to walk into, Uh, But I'll try to weasel out of that as best I can by saying that uh, the world in Genesis Mm 1-1 was created perfectly. But by Genesis 1-2, it was destroyed. The world was without form and void and had to be recreated. And that's because Lucifer had fallen and sin had come into the the world, the universe that we know now. So, did God create Lucifer? Did God create sin? No, but he certainly allowed it. He allowed angels to have their free will.
1: But if God is the creator, then who created Lucifer?
0: Well, he certainly did.
1: All right, so God created something imperfect, which means God is not perfect, he's imperfect.
0: That's... Mind reasoning.
1: It's also very the logical.
0: Create, the perfect can create the imperfect.
1: Well, let me ask you this, sir. Are you a father? I'm a father. Okay. Could you see yourself destroying any of your children, no matter what they did?
0: Well, let me ask you a question. I'll answer it with one. Sure. When the Creator, Jesus Christ, we're told in John 1-1, created the worlds, Mm-hmm. When he picked up the clay and he breathed life into it and created the creature, he knew in advance that he himself would have to become the creature and die for it. Would you create a creature that you one day would have to become and die? No. To redeem? Would no. you do that? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. And I don't understand it either.
1: But but when you if God is the father and God is the creator of all mankind, and if we are created in God's image, in his likeness, and in the ten, and wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, minute. hold on here, hold on here, hold on here, hold on here. And in the Ten Commandments that God himself handed down to Moses, it says, thou shalt not kill. And yet how many people did God kill? All the people in Sodom and Gomorrah, his children, he killed them all. He killed all, all right, the. Let me j- answer that. Wait a second. He killed well, all the. You mistranslated he, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Murder, wait a minute. Wait a
0: minute.
1: Wait. A, what's the difference between murder and kill?
0: It's a lot of difference. The government uh, puts people to death. That's killing them, but that's not murder.
1: So God murder can. Murder is
0: unrighteous killing.
1: So what? What gave God the right to kill?
0: What gives the creator the right to? Make life or take life.
1: That's if you believe that there is the creator.
0: Certainly I believe that God's the creator and Jesus is the creator, yes.
1: So once again, I'll ask you, as a father, why would you kill? You know, God God gives us all a very bad example of what to do.
0: Well, let's look at this example. Jesus is the creator, and he goes to the cross and dies. I'll just be honest with you. I don't think mm-hmm. I could do that for my children. Well, well, well,
1: would I give my life for my, my children?
0: 2 Corinthians says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, so it was God on the cross. If I was God, I'd let this creation hang it out, buddy. Well,
1: listen, if, if I could give my life for one of my children, I would. I wouldn't. I would? mm You wouldn't? You'd, you'd see your own child die if you had the ability to save them?
0: I don't think most people would, I think they'd save their own skin.
1: I disagree with you, sir. Any father worth his weight would gladly give up his life for his child.
0: Well, I think that's what Jesus did.
1: But Jesus was on the cross. If Jesus is God, why would he look up to the sky and say, "Father, why why have you forgot, you know, you know, why have you forsaken me?" Why would he say that if well, if he the gospel
0: Well, is... the gospel of John first verse first chapter says in the beginning was the word Jesus and the same was in the beginning with God the same was God so Jesus is God what you're talking about gets a little complicated in what we call the trinity meaning that God has three distinct persons it's not easily understood
1: is it is it it's not easily understood because we really don't know what happened, and you've got a bunch of people who wrote a bunch of books to try and to try and make sense of their own existence.
0: No, I don't think that's true at all, because Hebrew says that God, in sundry times and in divers manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, but in the last days He spoke by Christ who being the brightness of his glory and the express Mm -hmm. image of his person. So Jesus on the cross was God and the very express image of him. So bottom line being, we as men or humanity are not going to totally understand God.
1: Why shouldn't we? Why shouldn't we understand? Why shouldn't we? What's he got to hide?
0: Well it's not a matter of hiding it's a matter of uh if if I was a fish in a in a tank mm-hmm. and I'm swimming around in my little water tank and you reach in there and grab my buddy, yeah, all I see is this giant hand that comes down here and gets it, but I have no idea that that's attached to a arm which is attached to a body. I have no concept of that and God, by the very nature of his existence, is outside of our realm. So it's just parts of him we're not going to comprehend.
1: Or is that the way the story was written, so it never has an end?
0: Well, I think that the story has maybe an end that we're not quite told all about we're told that in the end the earth will be rolled up and burned away like a, a scroll but uh, that's quite a ways from here
1: but once again there, there's a perfect example of a father oh. once again destroying and you see in my book any father who does anything to harm his children is not worthwhile being called a father Anybody can be a father, but it takes a man to be a dad.
0: Well, what do you call Christ going to the cross, then?
1: I don't know if it's true or not.
0: Well, I think that the overwhelming evidence is that it is. Josephus was a historian at the time of Christ. He wrote about him. All right, so... Others at the time wrote that he existed. He was seen by over 500...
1: I'm sorry? Hello? Hello? Well, there you have it, ExoNation, another perfect example of what happens when people get in the hot seat. They just kind of hang up, or they don't answer. And when they don't answer, what do I do? Disconnect them. Now, tell me, ExoNation, do you know any true father or mother who would not give up their life for their child? I would, in a heartbeat. I love my children. No matter what they did, I would never, ever want to see them destroyed. Never, not once. But that's me. I'm not God. I'm just Rob McConnell. And I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up for tonight here in the X Zone. 1-800-610-7035 worldwide toll free and I will be back as we take a good look at this past hour here in the X-Zone with yours truly Rob McConnell I don't know from aliens to to the Minotaur I guess we can say to Greek mythology to the Bible to Noah I don't know Annie Lennox, take me to the next break. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com, and author-signed copies may be purchased at Matt Stein.com. That's www.wentechfails.com and ww.mat dot com. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, C.K. Quarterman was our guest this hour, but uh, towards the end of the last segment, when I guess I was asking him too many questions that he couldn't answer, we just, he hung up, or we lost the signal with him. And, And yet I asked him at the beginning of the interview, before we went on air, if he was using a wireless phone. He says, no, I've been doing this enough time, but I know I have a hard wire. So that can't be the excuse where you know, the he lost the signal or whatever, whatever it is. You know, like he's gone. Goodbye. No problem. I must say that I disagree with him one hundred percent. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Would would I give my life for my kid? You're darn right. I would any time. I really would. And when it comes to biblical. Um, biblical times, you know, it seems that there's two gods, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. And this is the first time anybody's ever told me that the implication of the word sons in Genesis with the Nephilim, uh, it was was referring to angels. Hmm. It seems that there's a lot of controversy here. And once again, we're getting into end-time prophecies, you know, we're bringing aliens, we're we're bringing uh, alien abduction into the scenario. I don't buy it for one minute. I really don't buy it. And when members of the clergy start dipping their fingers into the UFO well, well, then you know that theology is going to hell in a handbasket, especially some parts of it, not all of it, not, not everybody. And, you know, let me reiterate that. And it's not everybody, it's just those who are seeking... Their little 15 minutes of fame and fortune. Yeah. I don't buy it at all. I really don't buy it. And I'm not even going to give out his website anymore. Goodbye. I'm looking for answers. I don't want hypothetical situations. I want proof. Don't you want proof, exonation? Aren't you tired of all the different stories that you hear uh, and read on the in the internet on these different tabloids don't you want the truth don't you want the facts don't you want answers well so do I. and you just can't get answers from snake oil salesmen who are trying their very best to sell you their own very unique pitch because nobody else has done it you know what I don't think there's an angle between religion and ufology that hasn't been touched. But this one here, well, it took the book for now. And as you can see, this last segment was just you and I. I nearly, I nearly started playing another one, Bites the Dust, but nah. Couldn't be bothered. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow night at... Uh, 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the x So until tomorrow night, my good friends all around the world in the x Nation, take care of yourself and each other. And always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, everyone.
3: But you can't stay here I know who want to take me home
2: Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.